Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. The SportsGrid Network. Cleaning house in some places. I mean, we've had... Just about a little bit of everything. We've also seem to have had a bunch of money uh, that the NFL owners don't seem to uh, have a problem parting with for players. The value of DeAndre Hopkins to the Houston Texans and their fans, or Darius Slay in Detroit. These are guys that have been anchors of franchises for a long time. Get on the grid. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Bish, Joe Ranieri with you here in our second hour of our FST show every day, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your day this afternoon. We'll continue with our shows throughout the week and also have a weekend edition of the show and continue to produce new, fresh content for you every single day, giving you the latest both in fantasy sports in this uh, pandemic that we're dealing with. And hopefully, Joe, at some point, getting back to some live sports. I know that that's kind of what we're all craving. We had a little bit of a taste of the WWE over the weekend, and we're sort of hoping that some things can kind of get back to normal soon. We're seeing some positive signs from around the world specifically. Not great signs, of course, here in the United States. In uh, New York specifically is one of the tougher ones, but hopefully the news is just, you know, continues to at least stabilize or hopefully get better over the course of the month so we can start getting back to normal. Yeah, yeah, and um, there is a game plan. And that's um, really at this point, I would much rather just understand uh, what needs to happen in order for us to start taking those steps in that direction as opposed to somebody circling a date and then, you know, two or three days for that date, be like, oh, sorry, we're going to have to kick it down the road a little more. So, you know, now that we have a concept of how this is going to work, I'm looking forward to those, um, those tests on a very large scale, being able to tell us if you've had it, I've had it, who might have it, and who's got the antibodies. So this way we can at least start uh, looking at that and going, well, if I'm, I've already had it and I've got the antibodies and didn't know I was having it, it's one less. Because right now we all have to assume you got it. So <laughs> now at least if we were able to do on a large scale, Hey, listen, you've uh, you obviously had it. You were you know, you didn't have any symptoms, but you've got the antibodies. Then at least we can start moving towards a, uh, a sports season and uh, kind of jumpstart the uh, the entire country uh, one by one. Would you please stop scaring my wife, Joe? Now she's going to think that I got it. I'm going yeah, uh, well, to be. We all got it. Apparently. That's how we have to go about it. No, but it. I don't, though. But I don't, though. You got to leave me out of it. Oh, honey, don't, do not watch no. this show. Do <laughs> not listen to Joe Ranieri. No, he doesn't here on have it, I swear. And plus, there he's going to be is. able to have the test to tell you he doesn't listen, have it. So. Joe Ranieri, honey, he bet the Bengals over their win total last year. Good don't point. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at least I didn't bet the Dolphins. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. got a push. <laughs> I got a push. I got a push out of it. You know and I know that you would have felt really good about that ticket eight games yes. into the season. Yeah. And the way they're talking, enough and enough, and, uh, you know, the, uh, big conversations on private phone calls over the weekend. And boy, oh boy, we're starting to hear from Adam Silver, Rob Manfred. I, you know, maybe they know I, I something don't think, we don't. I don't, well, I don't think it's a coincidence when you're on a call with the president and then all of a sudden all this starts to come out. But it does yeah. appear, uh, for those of you who want to go back, Joe and I did spend extensive time yeah 
in our first hour, this is a two hour show. So if you go back and hit the rewind button, if you're watching on YouTube in the first mm -hmm. hour of the show, you can see us discuss everything. My opinion on it also, as far as baseball's potential plan to Arizona. Craig loves uh, Arizona, by the way. Loves no, it, guys. You guys. Since, since the story has come out, a lot of people are debunking it uh, <laughs> and saying it's more of a backup plan. Right. I'm hoping it's a backup plan. I'm hoping it is not the plan, but. Oh, you mean the, what What'd you like most? The seven innings or the uh, the electronic oh, umpire? I didn't even get into that. Like electronic umps, I'm like, okay, with seven, right. like I, I can live with that stuff, but right. I, I'm still trying to grasp 30 teams in 10 states <laughs> and playing 100 uh, games. I don't, yeah. The whole season, by the way, there now, the whole season, just yeah. not, not like, just like, temporary. The whole like, like, if you wanted to play with, like, uh, 12 or 13 or 15 teams, it was right. like they do in training in Arizona. Right. Okay. Right. But 30 teams? No day games, by the way. None. Arizona plays day games in spring training. Not in, not in the months of nope. August and September. You're not doing that? Nope. Okay, enough about that for now. Let's go back into history. So, for those of you who uh, caught the show last week, we'll give you a little bit of a recap. Every week on Monday nights, what I am doing is putting together a fantasy baseball draft that has a touch of reality. Essentially, it's called Fantasy League Legends, and we're doing four different drafts of four different eras of baseball, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and then from 2010 through 2019. Right. Last week, we did 1980 through 1989, and I gave you my team. We went over it. Joe loved it. He thinks yep. I'm going to win the championship. But mm -hmm. listen, here is the key to this. A couple of things. First thing is, is that you can't take the same player twice. So essentially what we've done is we've picked the best season from the player yep. from 1990 to 1999. So for an example, Mark McGuire, his 1998 season is in there. And if you draft Mark McGuire's 1998 season, you can't just take another McGuire. That's right. the way that this is going to work. On top of that, what we're also doing is we're taking all, all uh, 14 of the teams that are competing in this, and they mm -hmm. are actually playing out head-to-head -head in a real baseball game on what's called out-of-the-park baseball. Right. They simulate the games over a course of 162 games. We'll have a league champion, team that has the best record, and that league champion, the 80s will play the 90s, mm -hmm. the 2000s will play 2010 to 2019. We got a Final Four, mm -hmm. and then we'll have a championship, and we'll do all, all of this over the course of about a month, a month and a half. We haven't started playing games yet. We're going to start that next week. And so as it goes on, I'll update you on my team. Mm -hmm. Now, just for clarity, Joe, on the 1990 through 1999 league and the other leagues as well, we're overloaded with teams. So I am just uh, overseeing it. I'm not a participant Partisan. Okay. In, in any of these leagues. Now, I'm in 1980 through uh, 89. That you saw. My yep. team. And we can go back and you can look on demand. You can see my team from last week. Yep. So any of the players that we're talking about here, these were drafted by other people. And I do want to thank anybody who's watching or listening. Mm -hmm. For participating because certainly we appreciate that uh so are you ready to kind of can't wait to see what this is yeah okay so the first overall pick was larry walker joe of 1997. wow now larry walker won the mvp in 1997. he also batted 366 mm -hmm. With 49 home runs, 130 runs driven in, and 33 stolen bases, he won the gold glove as well. Okay. So Larry Walker is the first pick uh, overall, and uh, as you know, was recently inducted into the time. Yep. Ball. So uh, you saw him play, I saw him play. 
Uh, Joe, three players from the Colorado Rockies were taken in the first two rounds. Wow. Remember, this is when the Rockies first came into the league in the 90s. And so they just had liftoff almost immediately and really changed the way that baseball was played with all those home runs. Yep, big time. Totally, Dev. Welcome to uh, Mile High, so to speak. Uh, but he was just such a good player, man. Like, he was He was so consistent for as long as he played. And one of the biggest arguments and one of the, uh, the biggest things, never, by the way, any sort of talk of steroids or anything along those lines. And it took him this long to finally get inducted. But uh, one of the truly greats around the game, Expos, Rockies, just absolutely unbelievable. Ken Griffey Jr. was the second pick overall in 1996. Uh, he hit, uh, let's see, a total of 49 home runs, 140 mm-hmm. runs driven in. He batted 303 with a 392 OBP. He also stole 16 bases and scored 125 runs. Joe, Ken Griffey Jr.'s home run totals uh, went like this for a period of one, two, of, of five years. Okay. 49, right. 56, <laughs> 56, right. 48, mm-hmm. and then 40 was his first year in Cincinnati. And Joe, you remember as well as I do, that first year in Cincinnati looked pretty good. Yes. The shame of it is that was it <laughs> for him in Cincinnati. I mean, the guy it. played in Cincinnati for seven years, mm-hmm. but it was like a dream come true for everyone at the time, but he could never stay healthy in nope. Cincinnati. And he played 145 games in 2000 with the Reds. And then from 2001 through yep. 2006, he didn't play more than 111 games in any of those seasons. Such That's a shame. when it started to go downhill. Didn't he for, um, was it the old man that uh, he played with? Was it did he they did in Seattle? Right yeah. in Seattle, right? He, they they planned. Then he ended up going back. Of course, his old man was in the whole Griffey uh, family there in in uh, in Cincinnati, oh, yeah. and he got there, and it was like a curse because everything that could go wrong right. did go wrong with him. Yeah, and I remember in fantasy year after year taking him, thinking this is the year, and oh, he yeah. just kept getting hurt. It was just. Amazing, because he didn't get hurt at all in Seattle, but he was the second pick overall. Yeah, look at Uh, that, 96, and that were A-Rod and Griffey Jr., when were they together? uh, That year, 1996. It was 96, right? Yeah, and 95 and 94. Yep. Uh, But in this particular year, Alex Rodriguez's 1996 season, which was his best of the 90s. Now remember, A-Rod in the 2000s also won the MVP with the uh, Texas Rangers and then the Yankees, but... Uh, A-Rod in 96, which was when he was a youngster, 358 with a 414 OBP, 36 homers, 123 runs driven in, and 15 stolen bases for, uh, for Alex Rodriguez. Mm. Uh, a fantasy beast for sure. Um, okay, so Barry Bonds, we got a Barry Bonds sighting here. Um, remember, Barry Bonds' uh, you know, big home run season wasn't until after McGuire's and Sosa's. That was right. the whole thing where they felt like maybe Bonds was jealous, and that's why that happened. Uh, we got his 93 season uh, where he led the league in home runs with 46. He drove in 123. He stole mm. 29 bases. His OBP was 458. Uh, and, and this was his first year with the Giants. But the reality is, Joe, it's not even all that impressive because Bonds every year with Bonds was this. I mean, was I mean he, he won the MVP. Big deal. He won it the year before. He yep. also won it four times in a row in yep. the 2000s. Just every season for Bonds was just amazing. Yep. It was unbelievable. Not to mention the the walks. Uh, the amount of walks, too, that he oh, got. Yeah. Toward the is, end, he oh, was just getting walked. Word. Like- and it just didn't matter, guys. I mean, he was uh, pound for pound uh, one of the greatest hitters we've ever seen. Not to mention just power, but... 
Man, oh man, I mean, good luck. And his at-bats, they were uh, also a guy that not a lot of people had a lot of great things to say about uh, as far sure. as that goes, but it didn't matter. When he was up at the plate, it was, it was as good a gone, or at least uh, he was on base in one place or the other, man. Yep. Unbelievable. All right, fifth pick overall was Sammy Sosa from 1998. That was the run toward uh, Maris's record. Mm -hmm. uh, 98, Sosa drove in 158 runs. Wow. He hit 66 home runs. He scored 134 runs. The RBI total was the most of the majors. Yep. The run total was the most of the majors. And the home run total, Joe, as everyone will remember, was only eclipsed by Mark McGuire. McGuire. It was really yep. you know, crazy for McGuire is that 98 was so far and away McGuire's best season. Sosa went on after 98 to hit 63, wow. 50, 64 again, 49, 49, and 35 home runs with the Cubs until they shipped him off to Baltimore. And then he finished off uh, after sitting out a year, one year with the Texas Rangers. And so Sammy Sosa, Joe, the fifth pick overall in this draft. That is, uh, that is crazy, man. And those numbers, pretty nuts there for yeah. Sammy. As a Cub, too. And they won't even let him in the ballpark. Yeah, I, I don't know how they don't get that all worked out at this point. It's just Beyond been so me. long. Yep. Water so, under the bridge, guys. I mean, they, those numbers were pretty, pretty impressive for the Cubs there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, actually, uh, Sosa's season overall was graded the highest in terms of war right. between those first five guys that were drafted. But our draftees in the draft on Monday night, you know, they chose to go their different order. And so essentially, uh, that's what they chose to do. And, and that was a top five. All right. Now let's take a look at the six through ten. OK. And we'll move on to uh, the the sixth pick overall, which is Mark McGuire. Now, Mark McGuire in 1998. Same season as Sosa, 70 home runs. That's, that was the record breaker at the time. 147 runs driven in. McGuire backed up that 1998 season in 1999 with 65 homers, 147 runs driven in. And then uh, Big Mac's body fell apart. 2089 yeah. games, 2001, 97 games. He was done. That was yep. it for Mark McGuire. But everyone will remember that home run chase, Joe. It was like, it was, it, I mean, everyone says it brought baseball back. It truly did. I remember watching every day wanting to see his games. Uh, we didn't care if it was steroids or not. Now they have to pay the price for that. Yeah. And they were breaking into new, I mean, literally breaking into programming to, uh, to bring you the live at bats. It was crazy. Um, and really, that was kind of brought Major League Baseball back. People got interested, real interested in baseball again. Yep, for sure. All right, so you'd be surprised. The seventh pick overall in our draft was Ellis Burks. Wow. Of, of 1996. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, you would not even think that. But, you know, again, why? He was on the Colorado Rockies. Rockies, yep. And Ellis Burks in 96 had a career-high 40 home runs. Mm. He had never hit more than 20. 128 runs driven in. He had never driven in 100. Wow. 344 batting average. He had never hit higher than 280. 32 steals, and he led the league with 142 runs. The bottom line is, Joe, is that a lot of players had their career years <laughs> as a member of the Colorado Rockies. So mm. that's the yes, that's except valid. pitchers. But yes, never pitchers, right? <laughs> never any. Yeah, a yeah. great name from the past. Though. I love that. All right, eighth pick overall was Randy Johnson. Uh, Randy Johnson uh, had great years in the uh, next decade too. But his 1999 season 
was uh, was just out of this world. Now, in 1998, Randy Johnson was 10-1 and with a 1.28 with Houston, but remember, he was traded over mm-hmm. from Seattle to Houston in that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1999, Randy Johnson, Joe, struck out 364 batters in 271 innings. And that 364 number for Randy Johnson, of course, uh, is was the highest of his career. Yep. He also uh, completed 12 games that season, 2.48 during run average, and 17 wins for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and uh, one of many Cy Young Award uh, for Randy Johnson, followed up by Pedro Martinez, who also had his career year in 1999 as well. I don't know if something was in the water that year, especially with all the home runs. Wow. But Pedro Martinez was... Uh, I mean, arguably one of the best seasons ever in baseball in 1999. Um, And then we cap it off, believe it or not, with another uh, 1999 season. And that was Manny Ramirez's season. You talk about a hitter. Manny Ramirez uh, drove in in 1999, Joe, 165 runs. with a 333 batting average, 442 on base percentage, 34 doubles, 131 runs scored. So as you can see, Joe, the trend here. A lot of hitters. Yes. A lot of big hitters here. And we didn't see that in baseball for a while. It kind of went away when the steroid era went away. And then all of a sudden in 2019, it came back with a vengeance, didn't it? I, I'm shocked that you got a couple of pitchers in there uh, also in the top 10 uh, that went there with Randy. I mean, I, not from the standpoint of I can't believe Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez, but uh, in the top 10 in that era, you would have thought they'd all be hitters. Yeah, uh, a couple of pitchers here, and I think that we'll see another pitcher, I think, go off the board here as we go through picks uh, 11 through 15. And this one was that one season for Cecil Fielder. Oh, yes. In 1990 and 91, 92, no one was hitting 40 home runs. This this started late in the decade, but Big Daddy, Cecil Fielder, in 1999, was the runner-up for the MVP when he hit 51 home runs. He drove in 132 runs and 104 runs scored. Yep. And, uh, and people forget, Joe, and it's been a while, but his son ended up as a really good Major League Baseball player as well. That's correct. Yep. And uh, I remember during that era, seeing he used to bring his kid out a lot uh, on the field and uh, used to see him because he was a little mini-me of Cecil. It was, very, it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so you see the rest there, Fielder, Bell, Clemens, and Schilling, and that, and that caps off our uh, 11 through 15 of the League of Legends fantasy draft. There it is for you. Albert Bell. Ooh. Yeah. There. Not a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was not. No, All right. he was not. We'll, we'll, we'll take a break with that, and we'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Miss Joe Ranieri with you here on our show. Make sure you like and subscribe to the program, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Thanks for participating in our program on a daily basis. And Joe, uh, you know, we've been going through some of the iconic stadiums, Mm -hmm. iconic baseball fields. Today we're going to go through another NFL uh, sort of iconic place, I guess. 
And then uh, we're going to go through, you know, move over to basketball here a little bit. We haven't touched on any basketball with our iconic stadium tour, so to speak. So I thought we would do that here on this show. Fair enough? Fair enough. Do this. All right. So we start off today with the beacon of light um, for a lot of people. When uh, Hurricane Katrina hit, of course, people seem to forget that there was a lot more happening than football. Uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. And so that's where we're going to start here. Uh, it was opened up in 1975, of course, home of the New Orleans Saints. And uh, they ended up winning a Super Bowl there, as everybody uh, always remembers. Now, again, the Super Bowl wasn't there, but they've held many Super Bowls as well. Yep. And we'll get into the players here in a second. But the reason why I wanted to bring this one up is because of the devastation and the flooding and everything that happened, Joe, during Hurricane Katrina and essentially the Superdome was the place that all the people went to. And unfortunately, yep. a lot of people passed away there as well. But when they rebuilt that place, uh, Joe, and I know they had they couldn't play there for a bit, but when they rebuilt it and they played that game against the Atlanta Falcons, yep. Steve Gleason uh, blocked that punt. I believe it was on Monday Night Football when they brought that back. Uh, I mean, honestly, the Saints became America's team for a period of time. And I feel like a lot of people, like, like, I don't think anybody roots against the Saints. I can't say that everybody roots for them, but they're just one of those likable teams that because of everything that that region had to go through, that people look at that franchise, and I think that they root for them. Like, you could make a case that people root against the Raiders, right. and against the Cowboys, and, you know, uh, against the Patriots to a degree. But it's like, you, how, do, how do you not like the Saints? It's kind of hard to, to not like them. No, especially in that era. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Right around, the, right around that time, it was all eyes were on Saints. And uh, talk about a healing process there for that community and uh, something we all needed to see at the, uh, at the right time. And it was... Uh, it was really, really good, and they've kind of just been right. They've been really good ever since. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What was strange, though, Joe, is that they came into the league, and when they opened up, they were really the doormat of the NFL for longer than they wanted to be. You know, like sometimes teams come into the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars came in as an expansion team. They were yep. pretty good right away. They took Carolina a little bit, but mm -hmm. they made the playoffs pretty quickly. They went to a Super Bowl. But the Saints struggled for a, like, a, a long period of time. They had yep. the bags on their heads, right, for like pretty much all of the 70s and even into the 80s as well. And I don't know why that happened. I mean, they did have some okay players. And Bobby right. Bear at quarterback, I remember him for a little bit. But Archie Manning, I mean, it was all... Archie Manning was right at the beginning, but it was like a debacle for... You know, almost two decades. They were they this close when Ditka got there, right? Those Ditka years when he was coaching there, and then it just, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I think eventually, once Sean Payton left Parcells, um, and that was kind of that was it. That was the. Yeah, big I feel turn. like Jim Mora was a good coach there. Mora too, was good too. I he yeah. just never. Yeah, he, he was. He was a very good coach there. Yeah, they just couldn't get over the top. Oh. And you're and you're right. I forgot about that. Ditka was the coach there. Brought in Ricky Williams and Williams, traded uh, traded, yep. traded the whole draft to get Ricky. Everything Williams, right? wanted Ricky. <laughs> like that was like one of the worst things that has ever happened. Like not only did he trade the yeah. entire draft to get Ricky Williams, yeah. but Ricky Williams signed that deal that basically said. Even in my uh, guaranteed money rookie season, I don't want it, right? That's I want correct. to prove it to you. So we hired Master P, the rapper, to do correct. his contract. It was a and, comedy yeah. of errors, man. So much fun. And that was the beginning and the end for Ditka, that's for sure. 
I don't even think did he last two years there? I, I don't think he did. I think he lasted. Yeah, he might have lasted that that second year, but then that was it. No yeah, funny. Not, not quite the same success there. Yeah. So uh but yeah, everybody likes the Saints. They um I don't have anybody here from like the late seventies and, and I you know, in terms of iconic players, I went into the eighties. Mm. And to me, the outside linebackers of the Saints yep. were just critical to the success that they had in the eighties. They didn't have a lot of success on offense. But their defense was definitely very good. And uh, Pat Swilling, who I don't think gets enough credit, is at the top of the list here. Uh, Ricky Jackson's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, I think Swilling could deserve to be there as well. He was also a phenomenal player, uh, dominant on the outside, rushing the quarterback. don't know why he doesn't get enough credit there, but mm. um, doesn't. But those two players were there. Um, uh, third, we got a Hall of Famer here in Willie Rofe. Oh, yeah. Who was... As good an offensive lineman as we've really ever seen. Long time, too. Yep. Played forever there. Uh, You know, it's funny. We talked about the all-decade team in the NFL, and Jahari Evans made it. I didn't realize what kind of impact he had on the New Orleans Saints. He played there for 10 years, like a half half a dozen Pro Bowls, too. Wow. So his name isn't somebody that really rolls off the tongue, and I could have, and and we'll go through a few of those guys that I didn't mention. But from everything that I read and doing the research for the show, Jahari Evans needs to be on an iconic list and, really? and, by, and pretty much guaranteed to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow, yeah. man. It's one of those unsung uh, unsung kind of heroes there. How many, how many times do we call his name out in the last 20 years? Exactly. Never. Yep. Yeah. yep. The numbers then, don't lie. And then Drew Brees, who Sean Payton says this will be his final season, of course. That's the easiest one there. Yeah. And by the way, we have the picture of Sean Brees and his name. On the... I can't believe it. They oh, actually yeah. did it, not like Jim I, Kelly yesterday. Yep. yesterday. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who are some of the guys that you didn't uh, include here? What were the edge guys? Okay, so I got uh, Marquise Colston. Oh, okay. Okay. Been there for a I, while. Yeah. I got uh, now. I got Deuce McAllister. I was, feeling, I was feeling like maybe he should have been on this list. Yes, should have been considered at least. Yep. He was really good with them, but he also kind of split carries with other running backs throughout his career as well. And then Sam Mills, of course, at linebacker. Oh, yes. Absolutely. There. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the, the, the other one, obviously, Joe, that is not on here, but if you told me make your list three years from now, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is going to end up being on Yes. Yes. He, I think he's going to end up being one of the best receivers. And they have a kicker for 100 years, too. Um, Morton Anderson? Mort, wasn't Mort, was he, I don't know if he was originally, uh, I know he spent many years there you in New Orleans. That's a, that's a good, that's maybe an oversight on my part. Let me oh, read. look at that, Mort. I just don't remember how long he played. I, I'm thinking he played there a long time, but. He played on the Falcons, too, but let me, let me see yeah. how long he was on New Orleans for. So, yeah, you know, that's. You know, Morton, Morton Anderson's would be a, tough. He's a yeah. Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, he played uh, on New Orleans from 82 to 94. Oh, so he was 12 years. So he was there a years. while. Yep. And then he went to Atlanta, played from in Atlanta from yep. 95 to 2000. And then to the Giants. I don't Giants. remember that. The Giants, the Chiefs, the yep. Vikings, and then finished up with the Falcons again. So you are right. Yes. I, I, I think it's it's a borderline call, but I do think that if I had to... I was in his prime those 12 years. He didn't miss an awful yeah. lot. Yeah, no, he didn't miss. Sure. Yeah, he um, he led the league in field goal percentage once. He led in field goals made twice. Mm. He led in attempts twice. Yeah, good call by you. All yep. of fame, too. And oh, all pro one, two, three, four, five, six times. Wow. Well, 
Yep. Look at you, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say, I remembered it was, uh, remember that was a staple there for a long, long time in New Orleans. Just do me a favor. Let me know before the show, though. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Never mind. That's all right. Uh, a that's little late, Joe uh, Ranieri. Not a, a problem. Don't make a difference. You, the thing, you see how you adapted, though? You had the figures right there. You were good to go, man. But yes. Yeah. Uh, and I was true. I mean, during the 80s, he was kind of a mainstay there. They had, that's what I mean. They had some good, they had pockets of really good players and just couldn't put it together. Couldn't put it together for yep. a long time. All right. So from football, normally we go to baseball here, mm -hmm. but we're going to you know, go a little outside the box here today. And we're going to go to the NBA. And if there is one iconic stadium in the NBA above all the rest, it's got to be Madison Square Garden, right? Nothing even comes close. Yeah. So we're putting Madison Square Garden right at the top. We're going to take care of the NBA. Now, remember, also the home of the NHL's New York Rangers. Yes. So we're going to get into the Rangers here as well. Now, I am not the biggest hockey fan in the world. So I did my best to kind of piece this together here. But Madison Square Garden opened up in 1968, of course, home of the Knicks and the Rangers and the Liberty as well. New York Liberty mm -hmm. should be. Uh, NBA championships for the Knicks, 1970-1973. Unfortunately, nothing since then. And NHL championships, Joe, just the one uh, yep. from 1993-1994 season. So, look, it's been tough on Knicks fans, Joe, over the last 20, 30 years for sure. There has not been a lot of winning there. But I would say that uh, both on an, NFL, or an NBA and NHL level, when you talk about the Madison Square Garden, you're talking about essentially the mecca of uh, college sports in both, or oh, yeah. professional sports in both of those. And the Big the big East tournaments are held there as well. And so it's, uh, I've had a chance to go to Madison Square Garden. Not a lot, but I've been a couple of different times. I was just there a few years ago for the NCAA tournament. I was up there and the Gators were playing, so I went to that game. But nice. Or have you been, I should have asked if you've been to New Orleans. Uh, that's the first I, question. I have been to New Orleans, yes. I went to go see the Jets play there. Um, I've been there. And I've been there. I've yep. been there for Saints games. I've also been there for the uh, college football championship. For Mardi Gras, yeah, that was uh, you I, know I saw Alabama beat LSU. Yeah, we'll see. There you go. I mean, uh, great stadium, great fans, uh, just all in all, just and a and a fun town, a really really the fun garden town. Uh, the garden the I've been to. Yeah, the gardens I've seen concerts. I've seen uh, the Rangers. I've seen the uh, the Knicks and. Uh, the only thing I hadn't been there was to a to a college uh, event there, oh, but cool. I mean, there, there's really nothing like it. If of all these stadiums, uh, arenas, really, the Garden is kind of it's you just mecca, feel the history when you go in there, sure. don't you? Yeah. The last thing that I went to there was Billy Joel. That was the last. Oh wow! Thing. Okay. Yeah, I saw yep. Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. We went up there a couple of years ago to see I saw him Pink there. Pink Floyd there. I, I, wow. Yeah. That was, mm. Nice. Nice. I remember some of it, but yes, it was uh, Garden is a great place to see a show or uh, or go to a sporting event. It's probably a bucket list for some folks who uh, enjoy that kind of thing. Yep. All right. Uh, iconic players that played for the New York Knicks that played at Madison Square yes. Garden. Let's be clear. Uh, Bill Bradley did not. So I uh, want to just use the players that played at the Garden to be perfectly clear. Uh, Clyde Frazier, of course, number one. Uh, Willis Reed, number two, uh, both Hall of Famers mm -hmm. for sure. Patrick Ewing comes to everybody's mind for number three. And then, uh, Joe, uh, you know, looking back at through their history, Bernard King uh, played at such 
an incredible all-star level for them for so many years, but the Knicks weren't really winning a lot I blew out on the court during that time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he got hurt. Yeah. It was like right before Ewing came in, right yeah. before they started to get really good. But I did want to put Bernard King in there because... That late 70s, early 80s, Bernard King had... He was Jordan before Jordan on a lot of people's books, guys. He was that good. So threw Bernard King in there. Uh, now, as far as the NHL, you'll have to tell me if I got this right. Oh, wait, you didn't know Phil Jackson on this list? You didn't have Phil? Uh, play, I only oh. had players, um, and Phil was a you know a player before Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so, a good point. John Starks? No, is he not there uh, long enough? You know, he was just made the cut for me. He didn't make the cut. Should I? You, you, would you? Would you put John Starks above any of these guys? Uh, uh, no, I would have put Oakley on this list though. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just because he would have cut you one way or the other if he was watching this right now. Yeah, so, we, we yeah. didn't put it on the list. He punched me in the face. <laughs> All right, let's go to hockey quickly. Come on. You Thank you. You got it. Uh, Mark Messier, Brian Leach, uh, Mike Richter were all part of that championship team, 1993-1994. Yep. And at this point, Lundqvist has been the goalie for the Rangers for like a billion Forever. years. I'm, fe- I'm feeling yep. like he's, he's going to end up being on... An all-time Rangers list, I you think. Yep. I mean, I, I I don't know. That's my from doing my research. That's what I got here. Maybe yep. some people feel like he hasn't won enough there with the Rangers, but I got Lundqvist on there. Yeah, now you can't been there for uh, ever, and will continue. And really, anybody from that '94 uh, squad there would have done uh, just fine. Okay, good. Yep. I got that right. Uh, iconic players that I maybe missed: Allen Houston, mm-hmm. oh, Starks. Okay. You mentioned Oakley. I got him here. On the hockey side, Latrell? Wade... You didn't put Latrell in? Yeah. Like two, three years there. Just took their money and left. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how about on the hockey side, Wayne Gretzky? Oh, that was not long enough. Um, no. Did I miss anyone on the hockey side? No, yeah, that whole, uh, you know, Ron Duguay era that was going on that's there. Like, that's like you're speaking French. I don't yeah, know. all right. Yeah, so no, yeah, no. I, I, I think if you stick to the 90s, you can't go wrong here. Yeah, because they only—that's the only championship they right, won. Right, so, exactly. The rest they sucked. They sucked when the Islanders were great in the early '80s, winning all yeah. those championships. They were terrible. Yep. So nobody worth mentioning. Yeah, it's just—it's a shame. Yep. I, mean, we, I mean, and so many champions have been crowned in conference championships, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, we did, should Carmelo Anthony somehow make make oh, it? Oh wow! How do you? That's true. There's gonna be a lot of people with. Uh, Does Carmelo Anthony go ahead of Bernard King? In a lot of people's mind, probably. Um, but again, he was, both were unique from the standpoint where they just, they kind of played on some really, really bad teams. Like, really bad teams. So I got to apologize to who now? Carmelo Anthony. You're right. Charles Oakley. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Now you mentioned Houston. That was good, I think. That I like was, Alan yeah. Houston. Alan Houston should, uh, should be on there. I mentioned yes. John Starks. I, I'm aware Stark. of John Starks. Yes. But I did not think that John Starks goes down as, a, as an iconic. No, no, no. Did you have, and let, let me see here, did you, you did have Richter on there. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I think, I think you did both, both sides actually okay. uh, justice. Van Beek was there for forever. But you did good, yep. Okay, all right, not bad. So, uh, there you go. Our iconic stadiums today, we got Mercedes-Benz Superdome and, of course, Madison Square Garden. Who knows what we'll have tomorrow. You'll have to mm-hmm. tune into the show and see. With that, we'll take a quick timeout right here on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll come back and give you some more of the latest what's going on in fantasy sports in the world of news and the world of this pandemic. We'll uh, break that for you down as well. 
Also, don't forget, for those of you who like watching this show or any show on your phone, I want to give you three options that you can download uh, app-wise for this show. The first is Pluto TV. It's just at Pluto TV. Uh, Zumo TV, which is spelled X-U-M-O TV. We're on that channel as well. And then finally, Stir TV, and that's at Watch Stir. So you can watch us there. Also, loads of content, not just sports, but also entertainment, mm -hmm. all kinds of TV shows, and also movies on demand. For those of you in some financial tough times, those apps are completely free to watch, not just us for here on Sports Grid, but for other shows potentially that you may be interested in watching. We'll be right back here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Craig and Joe, don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. We all want sports back. We all want to talk about live sports. But kind of curious here, Joe, because uh, late yesterday, Mike Gundy, the head coach at Oklahoma State, came out and, and gave, yeah, yeah, I'm a man, right? Mm -hmm. I'm after, right? How about, how about this quote? Um, how fast that can happen, based on the tests that are available, I can't say right now, but that is the plan. And you know what that plan is, Joe? The plan is is May 1st to have practice back from Mike Gundy. So I got to ask you this, Joe. Are we going to start hearing in the next couple of weeks about May and May and May from some of these teams and some of these leagues? Do they know something that we don't? Something must have been discussed already because now this is the second time. Mm -hmm. And the savvy, I don't know, NCAA is kind of a league, yeah. So it's Major League Baseball and NCAA football. Earlier in the show, we talked about Notre Dame wanting to play with fans there. And then um, Mike Gundy said his goal, according to ESPN, is to be in the football building on May 1st and hopes the coronavirus testing will be available in three to four weeks to clear both employees and players. Sports leagues must be getting some info that we're not getting, Joe. It's got to be. Listen, it makes total sense. I, I mean, the, we heard from the CDC telling us that the uh, initial projections uh, might have been a little high, might have been a little over. We had this big uh, meeting now all of a sudden with, uh, with the president, the White House, all of the health officials, with all of these uh, league commissioners and anybody who is everybody and tied to sports. And I don't know, call me crazy. A couple of days later, we're getting May, we're getting tests, we're getting, uh, you know, there's a lot of happening? stuff happening. <laughs> what, what did we miss? But... We do know that they're in the process of finalizing a test that they trust that can be launched on a large scale here. So, and the test is whether or not, not if you have it, but if you've had it. So apparently that, seemed, that plan seems to be a lot of people very confident in that plan moving forward is what it sounds like. What, what would be the first thing, Joe, that you would do? Let's say you wake up in the morning Let's be realistic. On May 25th, because mm -hmm. okay? let's not use tomorrow or anything like 
Right. You wake up on May 25th, and they're like, go out of the house, wear a mask, maybe. Go do what you have to do. What What is it that you've been longing for, Joe? Like, out, outside oh. of the house. I know that you're, like, locked into your to the studio, and you're doing shows, like, 15 yep. hours a day with us. You, you given the opportunity to go out, what what would it be? What is it that you're longing for? I, you know what? It's interesting. I would probably, I would probably go food? golfing. Okay, um, well, all right. Yeah, I would probably go out uh, and uh, get a uh, round of golf there with uh, some uh, some of my buds that I haven't seen in a little while and uh, enjoy myself. And then I'd run right back into the house and open up the book. So I could figure out what the latest odds are now that we're getting back to it, and uh, I'd you know I'd probably be stuck there for the next five hours. Yeah, predictable. You yeah. know, I would. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know if we've ever talked about. Have we ever talked about Steve's Pizza on this show? I don't think we no, have. No, no, we are, haven't. Are, are you aware not? of Steve's Pizza in North Miami? I've heard of Steve's Pizza. Yes. Okay, so like that would be probably the first spot that mm-hmm. I would go to. In okay. fact, right right before this happened, I anticipated being. In the house for a while. Okay. So I grabbed a couple of, of pies before okay. I was on lockdown, but unfortunately, like the pies didn't make it past like <laughs> a day or two. Kind of like watching the Ozarks with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We, I binge ate. Yep. I binge ate the pizza. Yep. But like, that's I, gonna I, be that's something a lot of people are gonna have to. Uh, it's everything we're hearing now, and it's so weird that all of a sudden it's uh, you know it was doom and gloom. Just a week ago, and now all of a sudden, what well, May? I May May Where sounds good. From all of a sudden, like why would they even start to give dates if they didn't know something? That I we told don't. you that would be that's the, to me that's the worst thing to do is to keep kicking it down the road. But there's a lot of people very confident in the upcoming ability to be able to test the masses um, and find out if you've had it without even knowing about it. Wow. Yeah. Well, the other part of it is too, and. Uh, Dan Straley talked about this, um, you know, going into sporting events. I mean, it does seem, and really everywhere, it does seem pretty reasonable at this point that we're going to have our temperature taken, like on our head, like almost yeah. where we go, which is fine. Like, why are we, why are we so freaked out about things being different and weird? Why? As long as we're living and we're able to attend and go and enjoy, like people are so freaked out. Oh, I'll be at a sporting event next to somebody with a mask. Well, you'll be wearing a mask too. Just people like don't even want to wear masks. They like, oh, I why? can't. Who I can't find one with the color. It just doesn't look what? good on me. Like, wear a mask, wear gloves, whatever it is. Who cares if you're weird and uncomfortable? You're still in being able to enjoy your life. Like, isn't that isn't that what this is all about? Yeah. I mean, haven't we learned now? We've been in. The, everyone's been at home pretty much, or getting close. To, has it only been three weeks? Oh. Feels like a month, close to a month, right? right. We're getting there. Yep. Is it so? Is it so bad to be weird? Is it so bad to be different? Like, put me at a sporting event, take my temperature, and be good to go. Put, put a mask on me. Yep. Anybody who's got a hundred degrees, you got to go home. Yep. Got to go home. And by the yep. way, you shouldn't be out with a fever anyway, right? Yeah. And look, I think that's a couple of good things. A, people, more people are going to wash their hands instead of being disgusting. That's good, right? Number one. I hope. Number two. Um, there will be people who are, and let's face it, once it does go back, guys, to some assembly of normalcy, there's going to be that certain percentage are going to be falling in sick uh, and doing and uh, and not showing up at work. If they do feel remotely sick, they're not going to get. And by the, those days of, I'll I'll tough it out. I'll be good. Yeah, no, like keep your ass. They ain't even going to let you into the office anymore. Like stay home. 
no, you feel it, that's fine, good to go, that's a sick day, enjoy yourself. Yeah, no, it's, and, and look, I, I kind of understand that, mm -hmm. and uh, yep. it should be. Um, the, uh, by the way, in terms of the uh, NFL draft, uh, late yesterday we found out, uh, Joe, that in general what we've seen in the past, it's always been on ESPN, and then a broadcast on NFL Network. Right. But, of course, due to the fact that a lot of the same stuff is being used by both sides, uh, Peter King reported yesterday that it's going to be a simulcast. So okay. they'll just so instead of, and I don't know that I really care about that honestly. I mean, I don't. Know, I'm trying to think when I watch the NFL draft what I watch, and I don't think it bothers me either way. Right. I'll just put on either one. So uh, anyway, so ESPO, uh, ESPN, and mm -hmm. NFL Network are going to simulcast the NFL draft. Perfect. Yep. No problem with that whatsoever. Do what we'll you got to do. See the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so a couple of days ago, we talked about uh, the players that got into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And you and I spent some time on Kevin Garnett. Yes. And Kevin Garnett uh, told The Athletic, essentially, that he has no interest whatsoever uh, in having anything, essentially, to do with the Minnesota Timberwolves and hasn't had his number even retired by the Timberwolves. And check out these quotes. This is... Uh, this is Kevin Garnett on the tip on uh, Glenn Taylor, the owner. Glenn knows where I'm at. I'm not entertaining it. First of all, it's not genuine. Two, he's getting pressure from a lot of fans, and I guess the community there. Glenn and I had an understanding before Flip died, and when Flip died, that understanding went with Flip. For that, I won't forgive Glenn. Hmm. I won't forgive him for that. I thought he was a straight-up person, straight-up businessman, and when Flip died, everything went with him. Uh, there's no reason to complain. Just continue to move on. My years in Minnesota and that community I cherish at this point, I don't want dealings with Glenn Taylor, Taylor Corporation, or anything that has to do with him. Ouch. 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 What in the world went so wrong with him in Minnesota? Like, oh, how, how did this get past me? It got I, past you, too. We didn't even talk I about have it. no idea. There must have been an understanding. And, and Flip Saunders, uh, you know, one of the more well-respected, of course, uh, basketball people Something in the world. Something to do with the ownership. It says yeah. uh, Garnett had planned to join Flip Saunders as part of the Timberwolves' right. ownership, succeeding Taylor one day. Uh, but Saunders passed away in 2015. Yeah. And then that ended Garnett's uh, so He was kind of like that go-between. Like, he was the buffer between him and, and ownership. And, you know, there must have been an agreement on doing it the right way and maybe doing the, the jersey thing and all of that. But unfortunately, you know, Flip had gotten sick and then uh, and passed away. And then it, there, that lines of communication never opened up again. There was obviously a serious falling out between him and the ownership group uh, after he left. Yeah, and, and, it, and sometimes... Which, by the way, wasn't yesterday. Like, it's been... Yeah, it's been four years. Yeah, it's been some time here, it's guys. So, it's so strange to me how these things happen, and I guess, mm -hmm. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it's just like having relationships in life. I got anything else. You know, sometimes there's breakups. But we've discussed Sammy Sosa and the mm -hmm. Cubs in a situation. The one also that comes to mind to me that went on for a long period of time, and I know it's over now at this point. I think uh, Bart Starr ended up getting him back together, but Brett yeah. Favre like wasn't going back to the Packers for yeah. for a long period of time. What was the deal with that? He was insulted in some way. Was Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Rodgers he, he wanted. He never wanted to leave, but they were ready to hand the uh, the torch on to Aaron, and uh, obviously, uh, Brett felt he could still play, and uh, you know. Does it get any worse? You go to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so, you know, it was uh, it was not good there. He felt like he sh he had earned, like a lot of these guys do, Marino down here. You know that with Jimmy Johnson. 
these guys feel like they've earned the right to do it on their terms and how they want to go out. And unfortunately, you know, guys like Jimmy Johnson and, uh, you know, the ownership group, you know, Ted Thompson and company at that time were like, yeah, you know, we're going to go with Aaron and uh, we're going to move on. So they don't uh, they don't take kindly to it. But it worked out for Garnett. Yeah. He won a championship with Boston. Like, what's the problem? Yeah, I mean, I guess he wanted ownership of of mm-hmm. that uh, of that of that league. And Garnett, if I'm not mistaken, was was in a movie with Adam Sandler recently, mm-hmm. right? It was in Uncut. I don't think Marino's talked to Jimmy Johnson yet. So, <laughs> yeah, they had beef for a long time too, right? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy was like, uh, oh, you know, I welcome to Miami, Jimmy. It's great. Like Marino's got to go. Oh, it's let, like- let me tell you, when that was when that was going on. Mm-hmm. Here in South Florida, it was on talk radio. It oh, yeah. was so divided. Oh yes, it was half of the sports community in South Florida was saying that Jimmy should go after right. Jimmy Johnson. Yep, and the other half was saying Dan Marino should go. And they used to make like these parody clips, Joe, Danny versus Jimmy, Jimmy versus Darryl. And it yep. was just, and it was like that crazy caller radio that yep. went on for yep. so long. And I just. I mean, I guess it happens in pro sports. It happens in college sports. But with with these players, and we've discussed a lot of iconic players, why this ends up happening and they can't get things patched up for a long period of time is beyond me. You got a lot of people, rest his soul, but you got a lot of people that felt Kobe was three years past what he should have been. You know, that, that the Lakers... They gave yeah, like, him the ability to go out on his own the way he wanted, and they sacrificed and maybe took the organization back a couple of years because they didn't want to move on from Kobe into that next generation. Uh, and we see it every year. I mean, Jeter was Jeter. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, he got three. He got his three thousandth hit, right? And that was really what they were waiting for, right? Yeah, so uh, very, I mean, very few get he to play do a it. year too long. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But you yep. know, I mean, he earned. I mean, a lot of guys earn that, you know. And so, yep. yeah, I don't, I don't have a huge problem. No, no. And we're also talking about guys, obviously, that have played there, and this is a different animal too. Played their whole careers with these teams, like yeah, that's Brett, true you too. know, that's it's true like too. that's it's all like they, they move know. Around. Yeah. And they, they don't move around like nowadays. Like, listen, LeBron, what's LeBron going into the Hall of Fame as? Anybody? Yes? I, like, I have no Cavalier. idea what that jersey looks like. Yeah, okay. Well, the Cav, but he's got a Laker. He's got a, you know, he's got a Miami Heat. It's like ridiculous. You know what? It's interesting you bring up the Heat because the same thing happened with Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley, too. Same thing. Well, Pat Riley let Dwayne Wade walk. And he said he always regretted it. Wade went to Chicago. It was a disaster. They cut him, right? Right. And but they went, did it right because they patched, you know, they patched they, it yeah, up. No, yeah, they brought him back and yep. everything was okay. They paid yep. him a good amount of money. Yep. Uh, because Wade, apparently, when Bosch and LeBron signed, took a lot less money to make sure that those guys. Whole career get, he did. Get on the team. Yeah. His whole career he did. <laughs> so it was, he was that guy like Tom Brady in, in New England. Um, another Shaq situation. is another one. Shaq ends up burning every, you know, wherever Absolutely. he goes. At the end, it doesn't end well. And now it it's all okay, I think, wherever he went. But I think when he left Orlando, it wasn't good. When in no. LA, it wasn't good. In Miami, no. it wasn't good, right? Never good. Now, listen, endings are never good, uh, guys. Uh, even you had mentioned it the other day, talking about Jimmy Johnson. Like, Jimmy chose who to induct him into the, uh, you know, do the speech. Yeah. And it wasn't uh, Jerry, so. Oh, oh. oh. It was Troy Aikman. Yeah, it's correct. Uh, so. 
Maybe we'll have to do bad breakups here on this show. That's a good call. Yeah, there's Joe, a there lot you of them. You're, yep. you're producing segments and you don't even know. I don't even realize that I'm, I'm pointing like, out flaws in your list, and now I'm creating our, our own. Good. It's fantastic. That's, Very that's good. how we that's how we win. What uh, I'm here for awards on the show. Right bad, deal. bad breakups. It's like uh, the only thing worse than sports breakups, as you know, mm-hmm. because you're a music guy, are oh, bands. Yeah. Do bands oh. ever break up good? Like it's like every band has a problem. Like, like historically, is like every single like you two, they're good. They never like, left. Yeah. But but everybody else has a, like you could go through history and all oh, this happened, that happened. Like yep. there's always some beef, there's always some ego, and that's why music and sports are very similar in that sense. Listen, you had David Lee Roth and Van Halen. You had and then what happened to David bon Lee Roth? Jovi, a, bon Jovi, Jovi, Richie Sambora, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Sting left Journey. the police, but he Journey. really was the police, so the police Perry went away. Steve Perry left Journey? He, well, they were never the same after that. I mean, you ain't replacing Steve Perry. Uh, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Every, yeah. every single one. Absolutely. They all the broke up. Uh, the Eagles, too. For, the Eagles? <laughs> yeah. You know, eventually they, you know, but the problem, the other thing is by the time they make up, they're so freaking old, nobody wants to listen to That's them true. anyway. They're awful. It's like, uh, oh. Fleetwood Mac over and over Fleetwood again. Fleetwood Mac, after they married one another a hundred times, you know, with, uh, with Buckingham and everyone else, it was uh, it just terrible. All right, we're going to stop there. All right, sorry. Yeah. That's where we're going to stop. We're, we're, getting, we're getting into uncharted territory. Yes. We're alienated. I mean, the Will Ponds. I know, never mind. That's a whole different balls. All right. For producer, Birdie, like what for, happened? For our producer, Joe Ranieri, today. I love it. And <laughs> co-host, and co-host Joe yes. Ranieri today. Uh, actually, our producers are doing a great job. Yes, uh, Brett Beebe, Danny Olkers, want to mention them. Yep. All doing a fantastic. If I miss somebody, please tell me and I'll. Yeah, that's, uh, don't worry, I will, because I'm good like that, apparently. Perfect. Yes. Uh, for Joe Ranieri, I am Craig Mish. This is Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be back right here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern with another edition of the show. Enjoy the rest of the programming for the remainder of the day. You can catch Joe again on the early line very early tomorrow morning uh, before this show. And we will talk to you again very soon. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.